The Charlotte Ledger Podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Hey, Tony Macia with the Charlotte Ledger, and you're listening to the Charlotte Ledger Podcast. You can find out more about the Charlotte Ledger and subscribe to one of our newsletters by going to thecharlotteledger.com. Today's podcast is part of a special series we're doing in which we interview winners of the Charlotte Ledger's 40 Over 40 Awards. The recipients are people ages 40 and up who are making a big difference in the Charlotte area, people who saw a need and took action. The winners are chosen by an impartial panel of independent judges. We accept nominations in January and celebrate the winners in an in-person event in April. You can find out more about all of that at ledger40over40.com. The host of today's podcast is Steve Dunn, and his day job is a mediator who offers dispute resolution services through the Charlotte Office of Miles Mediation and Arbitration. Enjoy. I am Steve Dunn. I'm here on the Charlotte Ledger podcast, 40 Over 40 series, meeting today with Fabi Pressler. Thanks for being here, Fabi. I am glad to be here. You are known as the president of Spark Publications and even more fun, the chief sparkler. (laughs) Your company has uh, fun titles, that's for sure. You seem like a person who likes to bring a bit of levity and energy to your work. Or sparkly creativity, yes. <laughs> well, that sounds wonderful. Well, you know, one of the things at the Charlotte Ledger that we tried to do is to talk about Charlotte a little bit. Yeah. And one of the things I'm always curious about people who live here, we're a city of people who, most of whom came from somewhere else at some point. And your story is certainly unique. You arrived in Charlotte at the age of 17 yes. with basically j- just the clothes on your back. Is that right? Pretty darn close. How yes. did that happen? <laughs> well, it will flash back a little bit to 15, where, you know, I was getting ready to enter that senior year of high school. And right before that, my parents were launching and owning a restaurant in Columbia, South Carolina, and decisions were made to maybe not learn about business ownership. Mistakes were made. (laughs) Mistakes were made. And my dad chose to close that restaurant. And unfortunately, that choosing was among part of, you know, some failures. And so we lost our home and, and the restaurant and the life that we knew. And we had a lovely family that took us in to near Advance, North Carolina, near Winston. So that was great. Graduated from high school and then realized, you know, this has been, this is good, but I need to start my own life. And I wanted to be creative. I wanted to be a designer, creative designer. And at the time, you know, my parents were letting me know, go, go do what you got to do, but we're not paying for it. And we wish you well. <laughs> so, well, you're really, you're experiencing hardship with your family. You're kind of on a, on a rocky road there yes. and you could go a, a few different directions with that. But one of the mm-hmm. things you could have done was to just sort of, sort of roll over and play dead and say, well, woe is me. You know, I guess things, I guess life isn't working out for me, but Something within you stirred you to go out on your own with your parents' blessing, but not a whole lot of support. How do you find your way to Charlotte then? Central Piedmont Community College. So that was where I was going to go to school, learn my craft, and ended up moving here. Borrowed my mom's car for, you know, a couple of days in order to figure things out and actually landed a job at CPCC in their media productions department. So that was cool. 
and also landed a job at Athens Restaurant. So I was there Friday, Saturday, you know. Were you at the, the late night shift or were I did, you at Pretty the... much. Yeah. So <laughs> Athens Restaurant, for, for those who don't know, longtime Charlotteans will recognize it as one of the great all-night diners of Charlotte's. Greek diners, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I spent a memorable night there, the night that I proposed marriage to my wife. Oh, wow. Yeah, we, it, it's a long story, but we ended up celebrating next to a table full of drag queens who had just finished cool. up there. We're in the middle of the <laughs> night and we're, we're just getting married and they, they kind of figured out what we were talking about. And next thing I know, we're all celebrating together. Aww. But that's the sort of thing that could happen late night at Athens Diner. What a, what a loss for yeah, the city. It definitely was. I, I learned a lot there and it was great. It was it was the third job that I had at the time. And so it was great to be able to have an opportunity to work in the evening. And I lived in a dorm not too far from that. It was an all-women's dorm, all-female dorm. And 60 girls lived in this one house right off of Park Drive right across from Elizabeth Park. Yeah, so good times. But anyway, so yeah, I came to Charlotte to grow up and I did exactly that in the hard way and, you know, got a a great start to my career as an art director at Central Piedmont and then just kind of kept on that path and kept growing. Did you study graphic design? I did. you were there? Yeah, I did. And then you, did you work for someone else as a graphic designer or did you, I know at some point you launched your own graphic design. Oh, I worked, I worked for um, CPCC as a, as a graphic designer, had two, two employees on my team doing, you know, some, some cool things and then worked for several other companies. Yeah. And then went to the Charlotte Observer and fate would have it that I landed that job. It was a callback. So I had another job in the meantime. And while taking a tour to meet the other, you know, members of the team and all that good stuff, walked through the promotions department. And there was this guy that was leaning over his drafting board. And when those big blue eyes looked right into my blue eyes, it was like lightning bolts went from my head to the tip of my toes. And I thought, gosh, I need to stay away from this man because he's going to change my life. And I walk out of that room and he turns around and tells his boss, that's the gal I'm going to marry. There are so many stories like that, aren't there? (laughs) I don't know. I don't hear too many of them, but ours is that way. So we were married six months later and 36 years later, he's just still the most rocking friend and partner and person Well, you work together, right? He he now works with me full time. Yes. Okay. So I definitely want to talk to you about Spark Publications. Okay. Uh, But- the way the reason it exists is because you have an entrepreneurial spirit. You, I do. Uh, not everybody does. Yeah. Uh, it's not right for everybody. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pros and cons to it, but you do. And I wonder if the thing that makes you an entrepreneur is the same as or related to that thing about you that let you move out on your own from Charlotte. That is, we'll call it risk taking or adventurousness. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a good way yeah, to put it. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, maybe, maybe so. But I, let's indulge for a moment and try sure. to put a positive spin on it. Like, what do you think it is about you that that gives you the the courage to take risks like that? I really think it has to do with not being complacent and having that deep feeling inside that I can do the next thing. I don't know how, I don't know what it is, but I'm kind of destined to not just, just be here. I'm, you know, kind of destined to create and whatever that means and to, 
to take a next step and see where that helps me go and how better can I serve? How better can I create? And I can't, I can't not do that. Well, you, what you, whether you couldn't not do it or not, <laughs> at some point in 1998, you started Spark Publications. And this is a company that does custom publishing of books, magazines, and catalogs. Yes. And it's a bit of a family affair. You've got- It is husband. now. Yeah. Yeah. There's On your website, you show five folks. Is that-, is that Yeah, st- we have seven. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. But it, it's a little bit of a family business. How is that? I love it. And when I started in 1998, I started it to be home-based with my daughter and to be home when my husband got home. And, you know, having that as a priority, I think, is one of the foundational things that makes my, my business and Spark Publications successful. Business is hard. And having a family that's disconnected from that for me, didn't make it an authentic life. So I built the business at home with my family, making sure that I was with my daughter. And, you know, when she's, you know, senior year of high school, she's like, Mom, I've got this. (laughs) Go do what you got to do. Because I was turning down way too much work. And, you know, you couldn't have employees in your home. And who would want to? And I wanted my husband to be part of the business and he had a very successful career of his own. And he's like, you know, I I need to give this at least another 10 years. And I was crushed, but that's okay because I needed to know that I could build this business pretty much on my own. And then, you know, Sophie went to college, she graduated, she had her own career, he had his own thing. And then again, things started changing a little bit and we sat down and had a heart to heart talk and For the first time, he wasn't like really happy at his job. And he's always that happy employee, that happy partner, the person. He's the chief of humor or (laughs) I I don't remember exactly what his title is. He's our creative director. He's also our IT. And he's also, yeah. He's responsible for humor in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. He keeps me laughing every day. That's wonderful. (laughs) Which is good. So He's, he's been on board now for 12 years, is full-time, and then Sophie came on board about 10 years full-time, and so they have been there, and then we built built the team. I mean, they really, really helped me take the company to a whole different level that I could not do by myself. Well, what's really interesting about it, one of the many things that's interesting about it is that you are a, a business, a small business, who's mm-hmm. working with other businesses to try to grow their businesses. Exactly. So you're, you're trying to grow your own business by helping other people grow their business. And a lot of what you do is through publications. You're, you're helping facilitate people, um, books, people who want to write a book, but they don't know anything about publishing, which I think is a lot of people. And then I'm also curious about the magazines and the mm-hmm. catalogs, but how do you, what is the lion's share of it? And how do you spend most of your days? And how do you describe it when somebody asks you what you do? What I do is I help people tell stories to grow their purpose and mission. And we do that through books for entrepreneurs and leaders. And we do that through magazines for large national associations. And then we do catalogs for retail distributors and and retails. From the outside looking in. Yes. It is utterly amazing what you're able to accomplish with such a small team. Yes. So as an Go look at your website. Your website is, is it sparkpublications.com. Mm-hmm. And you look at the work that you do and you click on where it says our team and you think it's going to be 
a whole bunch of people and it's a small number of people. So how does that work? Are you, are you able to leverage, I'm sure using technology is a part of it, but I, how do you think it, are you working 18 <laughs> hours a day? Is that part of it as well? No, we we're nine to five. <laughs> yep. And I'm really strict about that. So we don't work weekends and my team doesn't work overtime throughout the year. That changes at the end of the year because, you know, Q4 is our absolutely bonkers bananas <laughs> quarter through the year. But no, we, we've kept that family first mentality through, through our culture, through the entire company. And it's our philosophy. And what makes the work so creative is everyone has rich personal lives. And that fuels the creativity. So they're not exhausted. They come in fresh. We have very streamlined processes. And, you know, Larry has managed to create a great series of, of IT and, you know, automation. And so we only spend human, human time on things that requires, you know, a good brain, a good creative brain. Well, you know, there's a lot of businesses that refer to their culture and that yeah. talk about their philosophy. But in saying that you enforce a strict nine to five working hours and no weekends and maybe a little bit of overtime at the end of the year, but that's it. Mm -hmm. What you're demonstrating there is a sincere commitment to your culture in a way that it's Absolutely. it's not just words and no. it's not just aspirational. It's actually the way that you work and live. And you describe this as being motivated in part by a focus on family. That mm -hmm. certainly is consistent with the the nature of the business itself being literally your family, right? Yeah, right. Uh, what else though? What are, what other values, what are the other aspects of your culture and philosophy do you bring to your work? There's a deep integrity and lots of accountability and working with primarily entrepreneurs that have very strong personalities themselves. We work from a very service standpoint, but we also work from a very strong standpoint that you've hired us to be the experts and we're going to give you our expertise in exchange for, you know, how we're going to be compensated for this and the time that we've agreed to. And, you know, the, the culture is, is come in, be creative, be kind and serve. All right, I'm going to invite you to to pitch me, okay? Because okay. let's let's just say that I'm a mediator, and I've always thought like, you know, I should write a book. You know, one of these days I ought to yeah. write a book. I got a I got a book in me. Okay. But the idea of writing a book is it's so daunting. It just seems like, first of all, the actual writing itself mm -hmm. seems like, gosh, what a heck of a project that would be. It's just a large volume of words that I've never strung together all at once. But then from that, it becomes even more opaque about mm -hmm. how does this even work? And I imagine a lot of the people that you encounter are sort of in the same place where they, they, they've got an idea. It would, it would, it would be awesome to be an author, you know, cause that comes with a certain degree of credibility and, you know, so I, I think it myself, whenever I meet anybody, I think like, Oh gosh, you know, that, that lady wrote a book. How about that? You know? And so, uh, so who, who is it that comes to see you? What are the types of things that are usually holding them back? And then how do you help them work through? Working with business owners and authors is our, our key mission on the books, and they have to have a bigger mission than the book in order to work with us to do that. So we don't, we don't do bestsellers. We don't, you know, we're not focused on the back-end marketing. We're focused on producing, designing, editing, writing truly good books. Are these going to be, you know... Pulitzer Prize winners or they're not. This is this is with a business focus. 
And the focus is to create this book, one, to help make a certain segment of our society better, make their lives easier, and to bring more of that into our clients' business. So as a mediator, you want to write a book. My first question to you is why? Why do you want to write a book? Because uh, I want people to think that I'm really smart and knowledgeable okay. uh, ab about the subject. Also, yeah. because I think that I'm smart and knowledgeable about the subject, and okay. I want to impart wisdom okay. to others. Beautiful, beautiful. So you want to impart that wisdom. So one, know what wisdom you want to impart. Two, who do you want to impart it to? Who is the audience that you really need to get this information to? And three, why would you really put this book out there? And what do you want it to do for you? So knowing that and creating a success goal is how we work with our clients. And that's why we can say, you know, pretty much 95% of our clients' books truly are successful because we know what the success goal is to build the book. You know, we, we design for marketability. It's, it's edited for the functionality that the user needs to use it. So it's not a literary book. It's a book with great purpose. You have a tool on your website that prospective authors can click through and sort of evaluate sort of where they are in the process. Yeah. And it, it seems to me like a really interesting approach for screening folks on the front end, because you're at the <laughs> same time, you're assessing sort of where they are, but you, what you're, it seems to me like what you're really doing is prompting within them mm -hmm. thought about what they need to do, Absolutely. <laughs> what's going to be required here. Are yeah. you, are you involved in the, in the actual writing along the way or do people show up with a manuscript for you to oh, read. That would be nice, but that's not how it happens when you work with business owners. Most of the business owners we work with have five ideas <laughs> or they know they need a book and aren't sure what their book's going to be about. So I do a great deal of consulting up front. And so it depends, you know, it's come in where you are. And some of them already do have a manuscript and a lot of them have two manuscripts and think they're going to publish two books. And we had we had that recently with a great therapist that that had a, a memoir and had a business book. And what we do is work to make sure we understand what they want to combine, what they want to attract. And, you know, we actually combined the books and ended up, you know, and ended up winning some national awards, which is fantastic, which a lot of our clients do. They win large, large marketing or independent publishing awards. But the books are, are really to help build something. And our clients typically already are really clear on who their audience is, and they're really clear how to market their own business. And so I have actually closed down the, the back-end marketing part of my business. And we right now really solely focus on building the book to wherever, from whatever point to, to the end of a finished, beautiful book that is published and then also can do the ebook as well. And the main, the main reason for that is, is that there are a lot of great marketing firms out there and PR firms, and they all specialize in something different. And so we, we can help them launch the book. And typically we launch it to their audience that they already know and can attract and, and go. I mean, we launched one last year that only, only put out 12 books like literally 12 copies, but that's all she needed to do because she sent those to like her moonshot gold clients and other dream clients and landed four major clients that really transformed her business. She had to scale up. She had to bring in some new teams and onboard them. 
And then what, two weeks ago, we helped, you know, completely designed and produced a book, launched it. He has a huge following. And so within what, five days, he sold 16,000 copies. You know, is that typical? No, but that was that was his success model. He wanted to sell as many as he could. And, you know, and that happened. And he's got three more to go, three more books. So we're going to do it again. Well, um, you would you would hardly be credible in <laughs> pitching services like this to folks if you didn't have a book of your own. But you do. In I fact, do. In fact, you've got two. I do. You've got, it's the, the fabulous F words of business, of business ownership. ownership. And I, <laughs> I, I, can, I can imagine what a couple of them probably are mm. based on what I know about you. I, I suspect one of them might be fun, but... I can think of a couple others that, that could be in there as well. Well, just to clear it up, the F word is not in the book because as business owners, we say that enough. So I put in a, a 20, 21 other F words that we could all work You're, from. You hardly <laughs> needed to reinforce that point. Uh, but is that, a, is that a guide for folks who are in business for themselves or are thinking about starting a business? It's a guide for business who, for people who already have a business or thinking about it. Yes. And it's, it really could help you save like five years because I kind of share those things that where I face planted, another F word, right? But it's not necessarily one of the key topics in there. Yeah, it's really my journey and helping people understand, you know, different facets of their life and different facets of how to run their business. You mentioned face planting. Are, <laughs> are you comfortable talking about failures or uh, oh, absolutely. mistakes or yeah. dead ends? That's, or how find out? That's how I got here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What 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 stands out to you is a, a lesson learned that you might have been nice if you didn't have to do it the hard way, but it happened the way it happened. I don't know. I, I think I only do things the hard way. It just <laughs> and that's because I want to do it the way that I feel like I can show up the best. And you know, I don't always know it all, obviously. I think it's more of like a collaborative group of failures and, you know, and they're really not failures. They're, you know, face plants <laughs> in the sense. I mean, I've seen what a business failure looks like, you know, from from my family and actually my great grandfather who had a bank that was that went under. So I know what failure looks like. This is all more like flailing forward. So you're doing things with what you know, and it doesn't work out. So you learn from it, and then you step into the next thing. So my entire career has been nothing but that. I mean, I started off as a graphic designer, learned nothing about having a business, and now have, you know, went through the first business, not successfully for six years. This one, you know, we're at 25 years, and it has been very successful each year. I've had to learn a lot of things the hard way. Yeah. Your other book is, is it On Heaven's Couch? It is. is. that the name of it? it and is. it's about a person who is very influential in your life named Yvonne. Yes. Uh, who's Yvonne and what does she mean to you? Yvonne was that wonderful person that at 15 years old let me know that I had great potential, which I had never heard that before I was 15. And she was kind of like that over life mentor angel person that steps into your life and shows you everything that you're doing wrong <laughs> and don't and aren't on the right path. So she was very bold and didn't hold back and was exactly what I needed to become the woman that I am. And she was actually when I started my business in 98, I actually got a phone call and she had become sick and disabled. 
And I thought, well, I just started my business. I have all this time because, you know, the phone's not ringing yet. And every Monday night, I would go to her home and I would serve. And I, in that service, I learned how I learned how to become a better person. I learned how to become a friend. I learned how to serve openly and truly for what someone else's needs are, not mine. And, you know, that journey went on for 10 years. So I did that four-hour round trip every week while building a business, while having a family, while growing up myself. And so when she passed away, I had so much knowledge and so much lessons that I felt were bigger than what I can keep. And so I would go and sit with her on her couch and learn amazing life lessons. And so that's where the title of the book came from, On Heaven's Couch. Well, on the subject of growing up, you started Spark Publications in 1998. You're celebrating your 25th anniversary this year. It's, I was... I was about to say, uh, yeah, you, you, you made it. It's always a work. It's it's a work in progress, right? But you made it till tomorrow. You made it. It's far. You made it up up to this yeah, point, yeah, right? Yeah. But 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 it's gone well. You're at a place now where you're working with your husband and your daughter, and you have employees, and the phone is ringing, and you're a busy person. You've chosen to stay in Charlotte. Yeah, you arrived mm-hmm. in Charlotte a long time ago with nothing but hopes and gumption and started taking classes at Central Piedmont. Yeah. You're still here. What is it about Charlotte that that keeps you here? What I love about Charlotte is that it is constantly evolving and I'm constantly evolving and I've evolved along with the city, the town and what it brings in so many different people, so many different opportunities that I found everything that I needed here in Charlotte, including, you know, the love of my life who was born here in Charlotte. And so my daughter's born here in Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte, with as much traveling and everything, because my parents are French. We came, you know, from France. I was born in Canada, lived in the Bahamas. We've moved a lot, a lot yeah, of places. English is not your first language. Right? English is not my first language. English is not your first language, but you now have a bona fide Southern accent. I do, don't I? Yes, you do. <laughs> Yeah. I'm also an accent sponge. So when I go back to France within three days, I have a beautiful French accent with a little Southern hint to it. But anyway, so I haven't had a need. I mean, I I go to conferences. I go to other towns a lot. And I love coming home to Charlotte. And, you know, I've purchased, you know, my my business property is in Charlotte. I think it gives my business credibility it gives it gives me room to hire some amazing people that live here. And yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, so when I saw Charlotte Ledger, I'm like, yeah, we can do this. We can support this. We can be part of it. Going back to those hours and days that you worked at Athens. <laughs> Why? In the middle of the night. <laughs> Young Fabi Pressler working at Athens. Present day Fabi Pressler comes in with husband and daughter and maybe in the middle of the night after a gala event or something like that for a late night snack. What does the young Fabi Pressler think of the woman that she sees now? Oh, she would go, gosh, she's a badass. I want to grow up and be like her. She's got confidence that no one gave her. She earned it. And that confidence and I don't know, there's just, there's just pure love shining because she gets to do what she loves. She gets to be around people she loves. She gets to serve amazing new people all the time. 
Well, Fabi Pressler, <laughs> thank you so much for being with me today and participating on the Charlotte Ledger podcast. It's a great pleasure meeting you and speaking with you. Oh, I appreciate this opportunity. Thank you so much. That's it for today. The Charlotte Ledger podcast is produced by Lindsay Banks. You can find out more about The Charlotte Ledger at thecharlotteledger.com. And you can find out more about our 40 Over 40 awards at ledger40over40.com. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. Queen City